This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So I woke up this morning and I went for a little walk. Because I wake up every morning with the intention of going to the gym, and then I almost never do. But I'm like, well, I'll go for a walk. That was a good workout. What, like walking six blocks and buying a coffee is doing that much good for me. But that's what I did this morning. It's very hazy out today. Now, I don't know about the situation up in Eau Claire or the situation with our friends in Madison. We're listening on The Zone, W-O-Z-N. I don't know, but it's very hazy in La Crosse here today because there's smoke from the wildfires in Canada and it was just like a different hue outside and I I finally put my thumb on it I finally figured out what it reminds me of it reminds me of the breaking bad scenes that are in Mexico so they they put that like yellowish tint over everything and that's supposed to be like you're oh oh they're south of the border for this part I think they do it in arrested development too we're just south of the border and everything just looks kind of hazy and yellow that's what it looks like outside today. Now, I might not have worked out this morning. I had to go for a walk. I am going to try to go for a run uh, after the show tonight. So we'll see if it gets any better or worse by then. But all day, like I, I went for a walk during my lunch break today, too. I'm like, what, what does this remind me of? Oh, yeah. The Breaking Bad episodes that are in Mexico, and they just put that yellow the yellow filter over everything, which is, which is funny. Maybe it's a little basic, but it makes me laugh. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, that is your cloud update for the day. Uh, we do it every Tuesday at, at 4.04. If this is your first time listening to the show, yep, we talk about clouds to begin the show every Tuesday night. If you want to text or call the show at any point between now and 6 o'clock, I would love to have you. 608-796-2558. Just put that number in your phone. Even if you don't want to call today, just put it in your phone because who knows, maybe in a week or two weeks or three weeks, I'm talking about something super specific and you're like, I got to call. Well, then you'll have it ready. 608-796-2558. Call or text. And I'm always on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Not just during the show, but anytime you're watching the Brewers, I'm probably also watching the Brewers, and I'm mad, uh, like games like last night. So then I normally take out my frustration and my anger on people on Twitter, and then it gets really toxic. But that's why Twitter's great. That's what we love about social media, right? We're going to speak with David Gasper, reviewing the brew at 530 and I actually, because Gasper is busy this evening, I had to pre-record with him. I talked to him around uh, 2.45. And I can tell you that it is one of the better conversations that I've had with David Gasper in recent memory. Not that they're not all good. They're, they're all good in, in their own way. You know, the interviews on the show, they're like my children. I love them all equally, just in different ways. This is a doozy. We spoke for about 15, 60 minutes. Awesome, awesome, awesome conversation with our friend David Gasper. So that's coming up in about an hour and a half. You'll get your Brewers fixed. We basically spent two hours on the Brewers last night. A little basketball mixed in there, but mostly Brewers. Kind of a cursed show. I mean, we had fun. It was a good time. But kind of a cursed show in that uh, the Brewers lost by 17 runs last night. We're going to talk a lot of NBA tonight, but I feel like we should address last night's game. Brewers lost by, jeez, God, it was bad. I, I tuned it off 
in what the second inning when they fell behind four to nothing. I'm like, this is only going to get worse. I know this team. I know how baseball works. This is not getting better. I'm going to do something else productive with my night, which I played video. I played video games and I checked it on the score. Not that long after I'm like, Oh yeah, it got really out of hand. Okay. Glad I didn't waste two hours watching this tonight. And I'm sorry if that makes me a bad fan, I'll wear it. If it makes me a bad fan to turn off a game when it gets out of hand, I, I guess I'm in a bad fan. I'm a bad. Go ahead. You can you can hang that around my neck. I'll wear it. Uh, a couple uh, quickie things I want to say before we get into basketball because I want to talk about the Bucks coaching search. I want to talk about the conference finals, which start. They start tonight or tomorrow. I know we have the lottery tonight. I don't think there's a game tonight, but I could be wrong. I'll look that up at some point tonight. Well, I'll get you the details that you need. Uh, if you really care that much about watching the start of the Western Conference Finals, you probably know. It's just slipping my mind right now. A couple of things I want to say about the Brewers in last night's game before we get to basketball. Uh, firstly, hitting a grand slam off of a position player? Yikes. The Cardinals used to be a respected organization. They wouldn't do those types of things. But now you're going to run up the score against Mike Brasso? I'd rather be the team that loses by 17 runs than the team that wins by 17 runs hitting grand slams off a position player. The Cardinals way, yeah, that's gone. Talk about classless. So that's firstly. Secondly, uh, Brewers fans are treating last night like it's a game that will live in infamy. We got to calm down a little bit. We're a very dramatic bunch. Wisconsin sports fans, very dramatic. We're always reacting in the biggest, most dramatic, most wild way possible. Last night was one game against the Cardinals. And for the last 12 hours or so, I've had to listen to people say things like, well, we're going to look back at last night's game as the game that got the Cardinals going. The Cardinals have been going. They've won four in a row now. Well, we're going to look back at this. This series was the chance for the Brewers to put the Cardinals away, and they just, they're they not going to do it, and they're going to breathe life back into the Cardinals. Man, it's May 16th. Can we stop with the dramatics? Well, they could put the Cardinals away. No, they can't. It's not even Memorial Day weekend. I haven't even looked at the standings yet. We haven't even gotten to the part of the year where we're allowed to look at the standings. So can we calm down? Just calm down. If the Brewers sweep this series, which they can't anymore, but if they were to sweep the series, the Cardinals are not done. We're not sticking a fork in the Cardinals. A lot of season left. And if the Brewers get swept, that doesn't mean that the season is over and the Cardinals are now going to rampage to first place in the NL Central. Let's calm down. It's just a three-game set with the Cardinals in mid-May. That's all this is. So I tune into other shows. Oh, they really had a chance to step on the step on the throats. Like we're Ray Kroc. What did he say? Someone's drowning. Put a hose in their mouth. That's not that's not the situation here. It's just a three-game set against the Cardinals. Let's lower the stakes a little bit. Lastly, this Brewers team has had great starting pitching depth over the years. Really, for the last couple of years, they've enjoyed Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, Eric Lauer has had brilliant stretches. Adrian Hauser had that one good year, right? Jason Alexander held serve by the skin of his teeth for stretches last year. They've been a team that's been known for their really good starting pitching. Deep, always developing the next guy, always grooming the next guy. I know grooming is a sensitive topic these days, but the Brewers have been grooming starting pitchers and really feeding that starting rotation for years. We haven't had to worry about starting pitching depth. Now, I'm a little concerned about starting pitching depth because last night we saw Freddie Peralta not look so great. Freddie Peralta, for most of the season, save for one or two starts, I think a start against the Padres and maybe the start last night, Freddie Peralta's been really, really good. 
If Freddie Peralta all of a sudden stops being really good, uh, this starting rotation is not great because Corbin Burns hasn't been elite. He's just been very good. Well, lots of teams have a very good ace. The Brewers ace was supposed to be better than almost every other ace in baseball. That has been the case. Now, if Freddie Peralta isn't going to be elite, and now if Wade Miley isn't going to be stupid good, what if Wade Miley comes back down to earth? The starting rotation is, I think, closer to average or uh, closer to just good than they are to great. Right? They obviously need to get healthy, 100%. 100%. A couple of tweets here on the Brewers before we move on. Jay Krebs says, it doesn't make you a bad fan. I refuse to pay 20 bucks a month. Does that make me a bad fan? Uh, no, it doesn't. He says, I used to watch about every game uh, in the before time. So you paid for cable before. Right. This is this is this is why I get confused. Right. People paid for cable for a long time. That's how we got our TV. It was just understood. And then streaming services came around. So we went from cable to Hulu Live or YouTube TV. We're like, oh, great. And then Valley Sports went off said streaming services and people like, well, I'm not going back to cable. OK, well, I, I went back to cable. I want to watch the Brewers. I don't know. It's this weird, weird thing. People, well, I left cable. I'm never going back. Go back. Go back. Go back. For sure. Cut out a bunch of the streaming services. Watch cable. DVR things. It's actually cheaper depending on what you watch and how much live sports you watch. Onabam fan says, is tonight a must win? Uh, listening to a lot of Brewers fans. Yeah, it is. Because this is a Brewers chance. This is the Brewers chance to, to put the Cardinals to bed for the year. Even though it's only May 16th. And there's so many games left. It's not even Memorial Day. I haven't even looked at the standings. This is the Brewers' chance. Got to win. You got to put the Cardinals away. <sighs> Calm down, everyone. All right, let's shift to this. Let's talk basketball. We haven't really talked in earnest about the Bucks' coaching search, right? And for reference, Coach Bud was hired into Milwaukee on May 17th, right, when he was brought in. So that would be tomorrow if we're following the previous Bucks timeline. Now, that was a year, I believe... They either saw the Bucks miss the playoffs or lose in the first round. Oh, yeah, yeah, Now I remember. They lost in the first round. They were coached by Joe Prunty. Joe Prunty was relieved of his duties, and then they hired Coach Bud on May 17th. So we're in the neighborhood of it could happen anytime now. And up until now, I've mostly just said, I don't want Nick Nurse, and I don't. I don't want Monty Williams, and I still really don't. We've discussed Kenny Atkinson. James Borrego a little bit. I don't know a ton about James Borrego. I read a couple of features. It was probably a year or two ago, maybe maybe even longer, when the Mellow Ball got there, and I there was this really cool story in The Athletic. I don't remember who wrote it, about LaMelo Ball coming to the Borrego's home and playing pickup with James Borrego's kids in the driveway and swimming in the pool, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. That's the kind of thing you need to be good at. If you're going to be the head coach of, a team like Charlotte or a team like Milwaukee, smaller market, not as much of a destination, right? You need to be really good with relationships. You need to foster and build those relationships early on. So superstars like LaMelo Ball or like Giannis want to stay. That's really the only exposure and knowledge I've had with James Borrego. I've heard him on podcasts. Seems like a really sharp coach. No one's going to succeed in Charlotte, at least not with that ownership. Michael Jordan's a terrible owner. We don't hold that against him, though, because why would we? We haven't really discussed Heat assistant Chris Quinn. I guess the Bucks also spoke with Mark Jackson. Yeah, the ESPN Mark Jackson that was a coach of the Warriors for a couple of years. I'm just going to leave that one be. I, we don't need to talk about Mark Jackson. Here's the situation, okay? The Bucks can dip into two different buckets to find their next coach, two different pools to pull from, okay? 
You can go with your unknowns, your first-time head coaches. You can go for an assistant like Chris Quinn, who's an assistant to Eric Spolster in Miami. Kevin Young was the assistant to Monty Williams in Phoenix. Adrian Griffin was Nick Nurse's top lieutenant in Toronto. So you can, you can go for an assistant. You can go for an unproven guy. right? Bet on a guy that's never been a head coach before. Or you can hire a retread. And retread carries a negative connotation. So I want to say retread in, in the most respectful way possible in that these are coaches that have coached some with great success elsewhere, some with medium success, some with mixed success. But this would be either their second or third or fourth. This would be a, another stop in their coaching career. And then you have Monty Williams, who was just laid, laid off by the Suns. Doc Rivers, who was just relieved by the Sixers earlier today. Mark Jackson was let go by the Warriors. Kenny Atkinson, kind of. Kenny Atkinson is a little bit of both because he got a head coaching shot with the Nets, was relieved, then became an assistant with Golden State. So Kenny Atkinson is a little mix of both. He has head coaching experience, but also a lot of assistant experience under some great head coaches. The Bucks can pull from one of these two pools. They can go unknown or they can go retread. Now, personally, just me, I like swinging big with coaching hires. I like risking it for the biscuit. I like going all in on a young, unproven guy and hoping that you hire the next big thing, right? How can you hire Bill Belichick unless you are the team that gives Bill Belichick a chance? That was the Patriots, right? Even after he failed in Cleveland, right? I like swinging big on a young, unknown coach because I think the payoff can be so much greater. Now, the failure can be greater too. I think you're betting on the ceiling, and you're not guaranteeing yourself a floor. Coach Bud, who's going to interview with Philly, I think he's probably going to interview with Phoenix. Teams know what they're getting a floor with Coach Bud. He's going to come in. We're going to win 40, 50 games a year, somewhere north of north of probably 45 games, depending on the roster. We're going to be stable. He's going to take accountability. There's not going to be any drama, no bad buzz. We are getting a professional. We're getting a solid floor, right? You get that with retreads. You could get that with, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers, Kenny Atkinson, I think. I like swinging big with coaching hires on unknowns. That's tougher when all your guys are 30 years old or older with a ring, right? Joe Missoula is a little bit over his head as a first-year head coach, but Jason Tatum's 25. He's figuring it out, too, for the first time. And Will Hardy seems to be a really good young coach, but the Jazz are young and unproven, and they're finding their way as well. If Chris Quinn gets hired, an assistant out of Miami, First head coaching job, he starts fumbling his sets or his rotations or his timeout. Brooke Lopez, he's been around the league. He's like, oh, this guy, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton could be bothered to get into shape until April. And now he's expected to suffer through the, the growing pains of a rookie head coach. I don't see it. The Bucks are probably going to hire Monty Williams. If I had to bet money right now, I'd say Monty Williams. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's going to be Monty Williams. And I don't love it. Because Monty basically pulled a butt in the finals. His team got up 2-0 and then couldn't make little tweaks and changes to keep winning games, didn't have his team ready to play in, in some bigger moments later where the Bucks out-executed him, lost four in a row. Maybe that's roster-related. I got a tweet the other night from, I don't remember who, was pointing out, like, maybe Monty didn't have as great of a roster as people thought. I don't know. We can discuss. So Monty got up 2-0 and then lost that finals like the Bucks did in 2019. And then in the last two years, his team trailed by 30-plus points at halftime of elimination games. And if that happened to our team, if Coach Bud did that, I'd say, well, Bud didn't have the team ready to play. He didn't have them ready to go. Look out. They came They came out unprepared to play. Now that's the guy the Bucks are going to hire? I don't know. I have my reservations. We can talk more about this coming up in a few. If you want to text or call the show, you can. 608-796-2558.
Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more Bucks coaching search next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. David Gasper joins us to talk Brewers here in about an hour. I spoke with him at like 2.30 today. Recorded the conversation because he's busy during the show. It's pretty killer. I got some interesting backstory on the relationship between Gasper and our friend Ed in Madison. I guess they lift weights together. An unlikely uh, story. David Gasper gives us a little background on that. And of course we talk. Yelich, is he back? We talked for starting pitching. And last night, they lost by 17 runs. Tried to ignore that game as much as possible. The Bucks are probably going to hire Monty Williams. I don't love it. It's fine, but I don't love it. Blew a 2-0 lead in the finals to Bud. And the last two years has had his team unprepared to play on elimination games. They've been down by 30-plus points at halftime. And if, and if my team did that, if my coach did that, I would say, he didn't have the guys ready to play. That's what we would all say. So I have my reservations about hiring a coach when the last three years, that's my experience in the playoffs. Up, up 2-0 in the finals, lose, get blown out in a, in a game seven at home, and then you get blown out in a game six. Blown out. Not by 20, but 30, 40. They trailed by almost 50 to the Mavericks last year. So I'm not loving it. You could do worse. Maybe that's why they interviewed Mark Jackson. He's like, well, at least they didn't hire Mark Jackson. I guess Monty Williams is fine. Maybe that was their strategy. 608-796-2558. Cone Rollers here. What's going on, Cone? Grant, am I crazy for wanting Doc Rivers to be head coach of this Bucks team? Um, I don't think there's that much of a difference between Doc and Bud and Monty Williams. And, like, a lot of these mid-level coaches, they're all just fine. They all have, you know, little disadvantages and advantages. But I don't think Doc is that much different than other guys on his level i don't think you're crazy a little weird maybe yeah just because kind of what i'm hearing down here about monty is you know he's a great presence he's a great character builder but the x's and o's on the court just aren't there and i think that's kind of where we ran into a wall with bud you know, he was great for kind of rebuilding the Bucks. Well, maybe not even rebuilding, but building up the Bucks after the crap storm that was Jason Kidd. Yeah. So I think just slotting in Monty Williams, you're you're almost getting more of the same. And I think with Doc, you know, he's had his playoff struggles. Yes, he's had he quite still a few. Is a championship. He is a championship winning coach, but you know, he's also coached some of the biggest losers in the modern NBA. Yep. Chris Paul never won anything. James Harden and Joel Embiid on game seven. I don't give Doc any crap for that game because I'm not a big body language guy. I hate when people look at Aaron Rodgers' body language, but Embiid and Harden's body language, awful. Just terrible. Harden shrunk. He didn't even want to shoot the ball towards the end of the game. And another feather in the cap of Doc Rivers is he had to put up with Ben Simmons. Yeah. And people criticize Doc because when remember when Doc Rivers was asked after that Atlanta series, hey, do you think you guys can be a championship team with Ben Simmons as a point guard? 
Doc says, I can't answer that right now. And people are like, how do you how do you how do you throw your guy under the bus like that in a presser? It's like, geez, we need to we need to be a little harsher on some of these players. We can't always blame the coach. We can't always blame the organization. Sometimes the players just don't play well. And I think Cowherd said this today too. It's like a coach like Doc or Bud or Monty Williams, some of these good, not great coaches, they're just a lot more beholden to their players going out and making plays. Right, they're not going to be additive. They're not necessarily going to drag the team down, but they're not going to add a whole lot. And I think that's been the experience with Bud maybe the last two years too. Yeah, and I think just looking at the market, are there really any of those guys that are available that are going to come in and put new life into this team? I mean, at the end of the day, it's it, it's a stars league. It's up to Giannis. It, the the Bucks will do as well as Giannis does. And that's that's the way the NBA works. And, you know, people call LeBron James a coach killer, but, you know, it's worked. And he's successful. He's the best player ever. So, you know, one of the uh, you know, one of the biggest pieces of misinformation out there is, is that Aaron Rodgers is a coach killer as if having two coaches for your entire career in one place is like somehow a dark mark. I always thought that was so dumb. Do people say that? I, I don't well, know if I've ever seriously encountered someone who says I that. Think, I think right when McCarthy went, yeah. People people dragged him a lot for getting his coach fired. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if he, yeah, if he wears a sign around that. his neck that says coach killer, but everyone's like, well, you got your coach fired. It's like, well, th- there are other quarterbacks who've gone through a lot more coaches in their career than than two, which was Rodgers total over the, the course of his Green Bay career. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I just... I just don't know how much an NBA head coach influences things. I mean, I wasn't really even on the fire bud train to begin with. And do you think the success of the heat makes that move of firing bud look dumber and dumber? Um, I don't know. Do you think the Sixers are dumb for firing doc? Do you think the Suns are fire dumb for firing Monty Williams? I, I just think all these organizations are like, look, we've been trying it come up short, especially the Bucks this year, losing in the first round. It's like not making change for the sake of making change, but just switching it up, right? I think a lot of teams are doing it. I don't think the Bucks are alone in, in their decision to fire a coach. No, I think the Bucks, yeah, are very similar to, you know, the Suns and the Sixers. I think they're probably the best position team out of the three moving forward as well, and I think Philly is clearly the worst. Well... I think I, I don't know. You got you got to blow up the process. I think you're you, if you come to coach the Bucks, you are getting the most certainty, right? With Giannis, I, Harden might not even be there next year. Embiid is, I don't know. Embiid's never been out of the second round, which isn't all his fault. But you're getting more of a known quantity with Giannis. Giannis has shown that he's not fickle. He's not gonna not gonna be a lot of rumors about him wanting out or him not liking the coach. Kevin Durant, who knows. Right, he could be on the Nuggets in a couple of months. Like he could demand a trade whenever. We've seen that so many mm. times. So I, I do think the Bucks now, are the most attractive destination. Thirty six is solid here in Phoenix. Booker <laughs> and Katie. Thirty six is solid. Is that thirty five and Booker's number one? Is that really what you guys call him? Yeah, thirty six, baby. Go Suns. That's just that's not great. If if I'm if I'm speaking honestly, that's just not a great. I don't know. That's not great. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to dive a little deeper into the local sports talk that that's happening in Phoenix. Shout out to 98.7 FM down here. Um, but yeah, they're 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 going with. It's all right. I've been I've been listening here and there for the last two days. So you know, small sample size, but 
We'll see. I got to hear what they're saying about Monty. And from what I can tell, it's not good. Well, I mean, geez. I just typed in 98.7 just to see what came up in a porn video. The first thing that came Twitter, my God. Come on, Twitter. I didn't need to see that mid-conversation with Cone Roller. Yeah, I'm with you. You listen to all the Phoenix sports talk you want because Ed's calling a competing show in the 3 o'clock hour, as we discussed yesterday, so it's it's fine. We can spread our attention spans around. I don't take it personally. Well, at least I'm not cheating on you with your direct competition. I mean, Ed and Madison, show a little more respect to the Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, are we Are we putting Ed on blast? I'm officially putting Ed on blast, and I am denouncing him as a listener of the game. He is not smart or good-looking. <laughs> thanks, Cone. I got to move on. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Grant. A smart and good-looking listener. I'm not kidding. I typed in 98.7, and I hit search, and I, the there's a video. Oh, God. I can't find 98.7. I think Cone's messing with me. Yeah, I don't love Monty. I don't know that any of these teams love their choices, which I think is, is I think that's says more about the league than it says about these teams, right? The Bucks aren't going to find a perfect guy. The, the perfect guy doesn't exist. The perfect guy for Philly doesn't exist. The perfect guy for Phoenix doesn't exist, unless we're talking about Spolstra. But again, I, and I'm not saying that Eric Spolstra is not a good coach. Spolstra has had the benefit nationally for almost a decade now of lower expectations because his team, whether it was led by Jimmy Butler, the Hassan Whiteside teams, the Heat have not been in a place where they have been expected to win championships since LeBron left. And I'm not saying that Spo is has not coached well during that time. He has. It's just a lot easier to coach well when you are not expected to win a championship. It's hard to coach a championship or bust team. It's not as hard to get a higher approval rating when you're expected as a coach. Just punch above your weight, upset some teams, go on some runs, right? And that's what Spoelstra had to do. And I, I hate to be this guy. Spolstra won two titles in four years with LeBron. Based on the way that we judge Giannis, based on the way that we judge the Golden State Warriors, based on the way that we've judged other contending teams over the years, the, the contemporary teams, the, the teams that we would compare the LeBron Heat to, two of four is not great. And I hear from LeBron haters all the time. Well, two, only winning two of four, that's not good enough. Well, Spolster was a part of that. So again, I'm not ripping Spolster and saying he's not a good coach. I'm saying the ways in which we have, I think, viewed Spolster and watched him over the years has given him a little bit of an inside track to avoid criticism. Right? But other than Spolster, tell me the slam dunk coach in the NBA right now. Monty Williams, Doc, Nurse, Coach Bud, they can all win but they're not going to be additive. They're not going to be negative. A team is not going to be weighed down by Monty or weighed down by Doc or weighed down by Nick Nurse or Bud, but I don't know that those coaches are doing much to uplift, right? Those coaches, as I told Cone, they're all beholden to their players. They're all beholden to their, their players, right? There's almost no coaches out there that can overcome a talent disadvantage, except Spolstra, right? 608-796-2558. We can talk about the conference finals a little bit, which, by the way, I looked it up. The Western Conference Finals start tonight. L.A. Denver at 7.30. So we all look forward to that. I believe the lottery odds or, or the lottery order is revealed before that. So we'll know the team looking to draft Victor Wembenyama, which, by the way, I saw a lot on the timeline today, including from, I believe, Woj on ESPN, that Victor Wembenyama is the most hype prospect ever. Uh, L, that is not correct. That is uh, not correct. 
at all. But the LeBron discourse uh, has gone a little hog wild over the last month. LeBron being this good in year 20 in the NBA is breaking people's brains just a little bit. Uh, comparing LeBron to other great players, comparing LeBron to other great prospects. People are just struggling. The the Aaron Rodgers broken brain syndrome has now migrated to the LeBron broken brain syndrome. Let's talk about the conference finals. I want to react to the East, what happened on Sunday in Game 7 between Boston and Philly and the upcoming matchups between the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Heat and the Celtics. That's all coming up in five minutes on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, David Gasper in an hour. He's going to join us to talk Brewers and to provide a little background on his fast friendship with our guy, Ed and Madison, who Cone Roller just put on blast. He denounced, he denounced Ed as a listener of this show and a caller of this show because he sometimes calls other shows. And well, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cone Roller's not, he, he's a loyal guy. I also wouldn't cross Cone Roller. Uh, you will be in for a world of hurt on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show, 608-796-2558. Bill in Wanakee says, Your thoughts on Becky Hammond for Bucks coach? Didn't she almost get it before Bud? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Becky Hammond is looking to jump into the NBA right now. She's with the Aces. She just won a title. The WNBA is doing some exciting things. It's not that she shouldn't want to go to the NBA. If that's an opportunity that she has, I... I think she would at least definitely consider it. It's just I'm not seeing her name. Like, I don't see the Suns or the Bucks or the Sixers. I don't see those reports from Shams and Woj where it's like, they want to speak to Becky Hammond. They've reached out to Becky Hammond. There's no buzz. So unless someone is secretly hiring her in the dead of night and there's no leaks and there's no info on it, it just doesn't seem like she's interested or teams aren't interested. And maybe teams aren't interested because she, you know, she's not interested. I, I don't know. Chicken or the egg. I'm not anti-Becky Hammond. I, I, it just doesn't really seem like she's at the forefront of this coaching cycle. Maybe that's des- uh, by design from her. Maybe that's from teams. I don't know. That's about all I can say on it, Bill. Thanks for the text. 608-796-2558. The Bucks need a guy that can be a little bit more creative on offense. I know that's cliche. I understand but if you go back and watch those fourth quarters of games five and six against the Heat, the Bucks had no clue what they were doing. There was no organization. There was no rhyme or reason to why someone was driving or passing or shooting. It was disjointed, and it just it wasn't good. And the Bucks in the regular season, which is a really fat sample of 82 games, were near the bottom of the league in pick-and-roll scoring with Giannis, who is the most efficient, most dangerous pick-and-roll player when he's put into action as a screener, and as a roller. We saw that in the in the playoffs. It was unstoppable two years ago. Unstoppable. How is that team near the bottom of the league in pick-and-roll scoring? It just can't happen. It's not enough to play random, you know, fly around, play random. We just can't be random. There's got to be some rhyme or reason. And Monty Williams is an offensive head coach. There should be some ideas. There should be some fresh and interesting things. If I sound like I'm operating under the assumption that Monty Williams is going to be the next coach, it's because I think Monty Williams is going to be the next coach. I think the Bucs are going to hire him. It seems to be where this is 
headed. So I am, in my mind, trying to rectify that. No coach is perfect, Bonnie Williams included. Bud wasn't perfect. But at least this coach can offer something that the Bucks haven't got from their head coach. And Bud was great with defense, but like the Bucks' defense takes care of itself to a degree, doesn't it? Because they have Giannis, who's the most versatile and dangerous help side defender in basketball. Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender in basketball and can defend up. He can defend twos and threes. He can defend softer fours. Like, I'll take Drew Holiday on the on the block extended against Carl Anthony Towns. I'll take my odds on that. Brooke Lopez is an unbelievable defender. He's first-team all-defense. He's a guy who should have gotten Defensive Player of the Year buzz. He's great. Those three elite defenders in your starting five, assuming they bring Brooke back. Your defense is going to be guaranteed. You're going to have a, a, a certain floor on defense just because you have those three guys on your roster. Coaching be damned. It would be like in football. If you drafted a defensive player in the first round for a decade straight, you'd ha- you'd be guaranteed an elite defense if you did that, right? 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 <laughs> you'd certainly have one of the best defenses in football, right? Anyways, not to take pot shots at Joe Barry, who spoke to the media yesterday and uh, made a very astute observation. He said that we don't have 10 weeks to waste this year. Yeah, correct. Most defensive coordinators don't have 10 weeks to waste ever. That would be enough to get them fired, but Joe Barry is... Uh, found a home in Green Bay. Not to make this about Joe Barry. Looks like Bucks are going to get Monty Williams because their offense against the Heat took a big poop. <laughs> took a big poop. Now I got to watch the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh my God. This is going to suck. This is going to suck. I just don't love this Eastern Conference Finals. I just, I, I don't, I don't love it. I miss... Like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and there were games on every night. Multiple games on every night. And now we're down to the conference finals, which is one game every other night. But Grant, now the games are better. But Colin, now the games mean more. I don't know. Are you really getting that amped to watch the Heat and the Celtics? Because I'm not. When I grew up, story time. The Eastern Conference Finals, or the Conference Finals in general, featured LeBron, Kevin Garnett, prime Paul George and people poo poo those Pacer teams. Oh, LeBron just had to get through the Pacers. Roy Hibbert and Paul George and Lance Stevenson and Danny Granger. Those teams were legit. Tim Duncan and Kevin Durant in the West. Russell Westbrook, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Those teams were legit with superstars, pedigree, blue chip players. And now you're telling me that I get fired up tonight to watch, or I guess tomorrow night, Watch the Heat and the Celtics. I got to watch Gabe Vincent try to separate guys' shoulders or clock him in the face. That's going to be fun. Be a real good time. The corpse of Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry fall around everywhere. Jimmy Butler take 20 free throws a game. No, thank you. I yearn for the days where the conference finals meant the best of the best. The Joel Embiid's of the world. The Giannis's of the world. And now you got to sell me this bill of goods for the next two weeks. As far as the Celtics go, my Celtics take from last win, uh, last week, still stands. Still a massive waste of time, I think, with this team. Now, I underestimated Tatum. He had two elite games in him this postseason, not just one, which means he's improved since last year. So I tip my cap to Jason Tatum for having a great game seven after having a great quarter at the end of game six. I can't wait for the Celtics to play a hideous seven-game series with Miami. As of yesterday, when I checked, by the way, and I pulled these numbers, they might have moved. I doubt it. Plus 400. Plus 400. The Celtics are, or excuse me, the Heat are to win this series. The Celtics are minus 525 
lop, lop, lopsided. And I guarantee it'll take the Celtics six or seven games. The Heat might even win this series. The Heat have the better coach. And that's not all Joe Missoula's fault because it's Joe Missoula's first year as a head coach. And Eric Spolster's been doing this for like my entire adult life. My entire life of watching basketball, Eric Spolster has been coaching Miami Heat. By the way, did you know he started in the film room? He started in the film room of the Miami Heat. No one really ever talks about that. No one's ever brought that up. They should talk about that on the on the broadcast more often. The Heat have the best player. They have the better coach. Other than that, everything else basically goes to the Celtics. The Celtics should win this series. They're better. They're deeper. And it'll probably take six or seven games. Or the Heat are going to win this series outright. And people like... Bill Simmons, who talk basketball at a high level, who also happen to be Celtics fans, are going to be in and out on the Celtics like three or four different times in the series. The Celtics are going to win game one. This will be easy. The Heat are, the heat are out of gas. They, they, they've, they've, they've gone as far as they're going to go in this postseason. Uh, they've completely... I can't. I don't think I can use that expression. I think that's inappropriate. They have fired their bullet. Let's put it that way. right? The Heat, the heat have gone as far as they're going to go. And then game two, the Heat will punch back and the Celtics will lose and all of a sudden Jason Tatum's not good enough to be a number one I don't know what happened to well what happened to the Jason Tatum we saw in game seven of the second round Joe Missoula's not taking timeouts again blah, blah, blah. peas and carrots peas and carrots peas and carrots that's what it's gonna that's what it's gonna be back and forth the best snip snap snip snap snip snap the whole series we're gonna have to listen to people talk about how the Celtics are the best team in the world and then we're gonna have to listen to people talk about how they're the worst team in the world and it's gonna be annoying as hell okay I'm not I'm not predicting how this series is going to go. This isn't even a preview. This is a spoiler. It's going to be an exact rerun of last year. It's going to waste two weeks of our lives, and it's going to give us nothing new. As basketball fans, as sports fans, as fans of narrative and storyline, nothing will be redeeming about this Eastern Conference Finals. Am I a Salty Bucks fan? A little bit, but I also watch basketball, and I understand how this is going to go, and it's going to suck. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. We can talk about what happened to the Sixers. They fired their coach today. I have a lot of random thoughts on Doc, different players, Harden and Embiid, post-game quotes. Joel Embiid, was he trolling? Was he joking when he quoted Giannis? Here's the thing. You might not agree with what Giannis said. There's steps to success. Right? That's what he said. It'd be aggressive with Chris. He didn't say that. Those, those are the only other things I can say in Giannis's voice. There's steps to success. Right? And Embiid thought it would be funny to pull that out. You don't have to agree with what Giannis said, but you kind of have to halfway respect it at the very least because that's how Giannis has lived his whole life. right? And Giannis's perspective on things is going to be different than somebody like James Harden or even Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has not been there, done that. right? He's not done what Giannis has done. He's not stood where Giannis has st- stood. How dare you stood where he stood? Is that from Harry? I think that's from Harry Potter. Joel Embiid can't, can't use that quote. And it's certainly really tone deaf to joke about it after you just pooped the bed in game seven, right? After pooping the bed in game six. And you're going you're gonna to come out and you're going to troll? And you're going to take a pot shot at a player who's accomplished way more than you have in your career? Come on, man. And James Harden saying, yeah, my relationship with Doc is okay. And then we see the reports that Harden wants Doc fired. Harden won't be back if Doc's there. James Harden's probably going to go to Houston anyways. It's just, it's such a dumb team, the Sixers. And I was going to cheer for the Sixers. I was cheering for them against Boston. I was going to cheer for them against the Heat. And I don't even like the Sixers. I, I, I hate the Sixers. I don't like them at all. And yet, I was going to cheer for them. And then they let me down. 
I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get why people are bringing up the process. The process has failed. The process is the only reason they're here in the first place, because that's how they got Joel Embiid. It's, it's not Sam Hinkie's fault that James Harden gets scared to shoot in Game 7. It's not It's not Sam Hinkie's fault. It's not Colangelo's fault that Doc Rivers' coach is scared and refuses to take accountability at the end of a game. It's just, it's just so dumb. Oh, the process was a failure. Every other team is doing the process now. They're just not doing it so blatantly. The Sixers discourse, the Eastern Conference playoffs, I, I just... Ugh. It just gives me a headache, all of it. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show, 608-796-2558. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. so far maybe it's that cone put ed and madison on blast we're getting some texts we're kind of previewing the conference finals talking about the bucks coaching search steve from eau claire adds some context to our becky hammond discussion wasn't really a discussion it was something that was mentioned says hammond also got suspended two games today for violating some type of rules regarding treatment of players so i was confused by this I saw that Becky Hammond got suspended two games, and then I also saw that the Aces were uh, docked a first-round pick, which is bizarre to me. Those things don't match. Like, a first-round pick, that's a massive that's a massive violation. Two-game suspension is like it's like nothing. So it's just a weird combination. Let's talk to our Celtics guy. Chris has given us a call. What's going on, Chris? Long time no talk. Hey. Hey, man. How are you doing today? Eh, fine. How about you? I think you know how I'm doing. You take a guess. I'm doing great. Yeah. Riding high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I always, I always enjoy that. You know, Tatum remembers how to score for like, like twenty combined minutes in a postseason, and that just throws all these series out of whack. It's really annoying to me because I, I don't think Tatum has another moment nearly as good as he did in Game Seven, which is fine. Game Seven was great. I, I just, this is what Tatum has done the last couple of years. He's definitely had some, I think he's had some pretty memorable game sevens throughout his already young career. I mean, his rookie year, he boomed LeBron in a game seven in a, in like, what was, I think they were down, they were down four. He boomed LeBron and I think he had a three on the next possession to put us up one. I mean, he did that. And, and I know the joke is that he's 19 years old and that he's always 19 years old, but he literally was 19 years old doing that. So yeah. he's had some really good game sevens in his in his young career, which is, as a Celtics fan, really fun to watch. I understand if it's not that way for you, too. I just, you know what I think annoys me, Chris? And you're, you might not be part of this. Is I, I listen to a lot of basketball podcasts. And it seems like a lot of the basketball podcasts I listen to are hosted by Celtics fans. And game to game, the roller coaster is too much. You, you can't say that Jalen Brown is playing like he doesn't want to be there. And that Marcus Smart's role isn't right. And the coach sucks. And then when the Celtics win the next night, you turn around and you backtrack on all of those things, and all of a sudden the Celtics were the greatest. And it's just it's it's very it's very grating. It's very obnoxious. I will you know honestly I will agree with you on that. I frequent the Boston Celtics subreddit, 
and the they're, they're called the Doomers. <laughs> which yes. is what they're called if you visit that sub. The Doomers make me so mad because and, and, and even as a Brewer fan, I mean, we, we literally I, I haven't been able to listen to all of your show today. But, you know, losing 18 to one is still one loss. Oh, right? yeah. it's, it's same, I'm with you on that. Same thing. Yes, yes. You know, it's the same thing with the Celtics in the playoffs. It's it's one loss. It doesn't matter how bad of a loss it is. You get blown out by 30, you lose by two in a close game. It's one loss. It's so, all the same. And so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I just, we got about two minutes here. Tell me why the Heat have the better coach experience. I don't even put that on Joe Missoula. And I think they have the best player maybe in the Eastern Conference playoffs in Jimmy Butler. Tell me why the Celtics would win this series despite those two things. Wouldn't win the series. That's a really or, so, no. Tell so, me why they. Tell me why they still could. Because because better oh, coach, best could. player. I, I'm leaning Heat. Tell me why. Maybe you wouldn't lean Heat. Honestly, I would lean. So it's going to be a fun series no matter what. And, and for the and for those reasons you mentioned, I think that the Celtics have the depth, and I think that depth specifically is going to translate better on the offensive end. Okay. Miami definitely has the better player. It's very true. I will say that Philly had the better player. I would say that in a series, Milwaukee would have the better player. Yeah, but they didn't. But Jimmy, uh, Butler, but Jimmy Butler was way better than Giannis in that series. That's the thing. In name, those guys are better, but Jimmy Butler's played better. Butler also hurt his ankle in, what was it, game two against the Knicks? And he hasn't... Western Wisconsin sports leader, WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. With some of the technical difficulties I, I've had in the last week, I just, that was not my fault. The clock, for whatever reason, is running just a little bit fast. So I was aware of the time. I saw what time it was. I was prepared to take my break. The clock just jumped on me a little bit. So I just, I want to clear my name in the taking of an early break. Uh, that, was, that was not my fault. It's not my fault. 608-7625-58. Sorry, Chris. We're on the phone with Chris. Talking about the Celtics. God, I hate that team. Waste of my time. They have been for, well, for really the better part of about 40 years, but especially so in the last decade. Oh, this is the year. Okay. It wasn't last year. It wasn't the year before. This Heat series is going to be interesting because the Heat have the better coach. They have the best player. Unless you think Tatum's about to score 40 a game in this series. I do not. Uh, because I've, I have eyes that are attached to my brain. And over the last, I don't know, three or four years, I've, you know, I've watched these games. I remember how these games went. I, I just, I, I don't know. Jimmy Butler's maybe the best player remaining in the playoffs up there with Nikola Jokic, you know, depending on what LeBron is doing or depending on what AD is doing. So the Heat have the best player. They have the best coach. The Celtics kind of have everything else. And up until this point, depth really hasn't mattered for the Heat. I mean, they've been playing guys who haven't played all year. But after a couple of rounds, some nagging injuries, a lot of fatigue, going against a deeper team like Boston, maybe that depth actually 
It actually hurts the fact that they don't have that depth. Couple of texts that I was going to read before we got that call from Chris. Uh, this one says, I'd take the Heat over the Celtics. I despise Boston. Well, you and me both. Jared and DeForest says, Celtics are favored to win 97% to 3%. The Heat have played way above their average the entire postseason, so they are likely to regress. Why do we Why do we keep, this is Pipikowski's thing, why do we keep saying this? Like we, were, we were three or four games into the Heat and Bucks series, and they're like, they won't keep shooting like this. Are you new? They totally could keep shooting like this. We watch the playoffs every year, at least I do. And I see the Heat. Oh, look, they're shooting above their expected totals. Jimmy Butler's scoring above his expected totals. All of a sudden, Duncan Robinson remembers how to shoot. All of a sudden, Kevin Love remembers how to shoot. They won't keep doing this. My brother in Christ, it's May 16th. They've been doing it for two months. I'm going to keep reading your text, though. Says, that seems like, uh, it seems very steep for a conference championship in a team that hasn't pl- uh, seen a game seven yet. Odds that steep favor a sweep, and that will not happen far from it. No, I think he might win this series. I think the Heat might win this series. I think it's going to be very similar to last year. And Celtics and the Heat were just trading body blows. Ugly series. Took it took six or seven games. I think that's probably what's going to happen again. Mike in Colorado says, Grant, I'm a very casual NBA fan, but I've been following the Bucks a little. I remember Mark Jackson was a good player, and I recall that he had success as a head coach. I know he commentates on NBA games. What's the scoop on him? Apparently the Bucks interviewed him. How come he hasn't returned to coaching? Uh, I think he hasn't returned to coaching because no one's wanted to hire him. He was coaching the Warriors before Steve Kerr took over. So just as we were starting to get a little taste of the Splash Brothers and what they were capable of, Mark Jackson, apparently what we've been told, the history, whether it's true or not, is he instilled toughness in this team, set a defensive culture. They just weren't going to get over the top, or so they thought, with Mark Jackson. So they hired Steve Kerr. That obviously worked out pretty well. And I don't know that another team is looking to undergo the Mark Jackson experience. There's some theories that it's that he's really Christian. I don't know that I put a bunch of stock into that as if he'd be the only, you know, hyper-Christian coach to ever exist in professional sports. Plenty of those guys. So I, I don't know. We talk about Mark Jackson like he's been around the block like Doc Rivers. Like he's coached here and there and ever. Oh, he's going to get another shot. He's been in coaching forever. He coached for a couple of years and that was it. It's not uncommon for a guy to get one head coaching job. And if it doesn't go well, then, then that's it. Then teams aren't always looking to rehire you. It's not every day a coach like Monty Williams can come up short multiple times and get a job or Doc Rivers. At least Bud won a title. Bud was great in 2021. He just tried to do a lot of the same th- or a lot of the same things this year, and they didn't work for, for one reason or another. Chris Middleton aged a lot over the last two years, too. He's not physically where he was in 2021. So maybe that's why Bud didn't feel comfortable running as many screen and rolls and, and you know doing a lot of the same things. I don't know. But at least Bud won a title. Looking at some of these other guys, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers, they're, they're, they're a lot of the same. They're a lot of the same. And I don't think they're bad coaches. I don't think Doc Rivers weighs his team down. I don't think he is a deterrent to winning. I don't think Bud is a deterrent to winning or Monty Williams. I I just don't think they elevate their guys. I don't know that they give an advantage. They don't give a disadvantage. Bud is not disadvantaging his team or Monty 
or Doc. Doc was not weighing the Sixers down. It's that Doc isn't going to give an advantage to his team. Bud isn't going to give a massive advantage. Ronnie Williams isn't going to give a massive advantage. So I heard what Coward said today. Coward basically said, look, these these mid-level coaches, which seems to be just about the entire NBA, they're a lot more reliant on their players to go out and make plays and to be leaders and to make adjustments. And I think that's why P.J. Tucker was so great for the Bucs. Maybe that's why Doc, Doc Rivers wanted P.J. Tucker to be an extra voice and to be a, almost a, a coach that was playing as well. Snappy Tom. Been a while, Snappy Tom. He says, Grant, don't you think coaches take too much of the blame for their team's failures? Yes. I don't think Doc Rivers deserved to get fired. How about some blame for the players for underperforming or upper management for making bad decisions? Yeah, I think Embiid is getting criticized. I think Harden's getting criticized. I don't know. Giannis didn't play great. I, I think what the what the the worst we see this play out. What you're talking about, Snappy Tom, when you say that that coaches take too much of the blame and, and players don't get the blame. I think it's retroactive that we do that. So like now, when when Bucks fans go back and talk about 2019, oh, Bud didn't make adjustments. Go back and watch those games. Giannis was not a finished player. Chris Middleton was immature and, and not productive. Eric Bledsoe was not the right point guard for that team. They found the right point guard for that team. Giannis expanded his game and made his free throws in 2021. Imagine that. Chris Middleton found his stride, found chemistry with Giannis, found some clutch shot making. Oh, and all of a sudden the Bucks win a championship. Who'd have thought? Now, Bud was good during that playoff run, but we act like 2019, oh, it was all Bud's fault. The Bud, uh, the bubble, that was all Bud's fault. No, no, no. His players didn't play very well. And it, and it just bothers me when you know, when you go back and say, well, if, if they had a better coach than Bud, they win three or four title. Maybe, but that's that's really hard. Should, tell, tell me the, the surplus of great coaches. Tell me which coach they should have had instead. Tell me another coach that would have gotten it done because I'm seeing a lot of coaches not getting it done. Monty Williams in Phoenix not getting it done. Doc in Philly not getting it done. He didn't get it done in, in L.A. as the head coach of the Clippers either. Right? There's a lot of coaches who are just fine, and none of them are really getting done. Duckin Holman says Mark Jackson from American Idol. That's Randy Jackson, Duck. <laughs> you have a you have a samurai sword signed by Randy Jackson. Why? Well, all I had all I had with me when I bumped into him was a samurai sword. <laughs> uh, that's not the other guy's duck. That's Step Brothers, right? Close enough. Anyways, like quoting Will Ferrell movies. Six zero eight. Seven nine six two five five eight. We're going to talk Brewers in a little bit with David Gasper. Last night was a travesty, but it counts for one game. As Chris said about his Celtics, the same is true for the Brewers. I, what has bothered me today is I've been listening to sports radio as I do all day, most every day, and I hear a lot of well, the, the, the the Brewers. They they had a chance to put to really put their the foot down on the neck of of the the Cardinals and really end their season you know, really stomp down. It's like, well, actually the Cardinals have been winning games. Last night was their fourth win in a row. And, and I can't state this enough. It's May 16th. This is not the series that, that puts the Celtics away and sticks a fork in the Celtics for the year. Even if the Brewers win all three games and obviously they lost the first, this is not the series that we look back. Oh, the Brewers let the Cardinals back in. It's May 16th. That's not happening. We, we can't put that much stock into the series. It's a divisional rivalry game, and you want to win, but, like, last night was being treated as some organizational failure. Oh, you can't put the Cardinals away. Man, it's mid-May. You can't put anyone away this early in the season. 
I don't know. Also, I'm kind of mad that the Cardinals were running up the score on a position player last night. I just feel like that's happened in, in the past, the last couple of years, and we've had outrage towards it, and I feel like we've moved past that, which is maybe good, but also now that it's been done to my team, I, I kind of want some outrage. And also, the pitching depth. I'm not, I'm, I'm not preaching doomsday here. That's not what I'm doing. The Brewers have a, a good starting rotation. Obviously, love Corbin Burns. I really like Freddie Peralta. Hopefully, Brandon Woodruff gets healthy soonish rather than late-ish. And by that, I mean like 4th of July and not mid-August. You know, But we'll see. It's probably going to be after even 4th of July. It's probably going to be after the trade deadline, after the All-Star break. But last night showed us, and if Wade Miley pitches poorly tonight, tonight will show us that if Wade Miley doesn't keep up his excellent level of pitching that we've seen and Freddie Peralta doesn't continue to pitch like an all-star, this starting rotation is a lot closer to average than I think a lot of people think, especially if Corbin Burns isn't going to pitch like a Cy Young. And for the most part this year, he's just been pretty good. Brewers need him to be great. Otherwise, this rotation is a lot closer to average than this rotation is to great. Let's talk to Daniel Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? Well, you know, you mentioned the Brewers, and I, I got to make my, my point and my opinion known. Yeah. Um, that was ugly last night. I watched every second of it. Why? Um, I don't know. There's nothing better to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I get that. And also... With the running up the score thing, uh, I felt bad for the Brewers because it was, I mean, it was already a bad day. You know, they they looked like they just played like crap. Uh, But that just, that makes it so much worse. It makes it feel so much worse, not just as a a player probably, but like the fans are like, you got beat by 17 rocks, you know, like yikes. And then you become a national laughing stock for the day or whatever it is, but it's one, it is one game and people blow things out of proportion. That's like the whole point of sports talk radio, right? Yeah. But Hey, now what do you, I have integrity. I have take integrity. This isn't just hot take hour from four to six every night. Daniel, what are you talking about? Don't, (laughs) don't minimize my profession like that. Although you are correct uh, in what you say. I just, uh, sorry. As, as someone who listens to the radio all day, I, I hear a lot of, shall we say, uh, flaming hot takes. Sure. Um, so it's 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 one game, and a, a not even real pitcher gave up basically four of those runs. Right. So yeah, uh, and and you know what. I've decided that I want to be upset about that. I, if you hear me typing, I'm not being rude. I, I'm listening. I just, I'm going to tweet. Not enough outrage being directed towards the Cardinals for running up the score against a position player last night, in my opinion. I just sent that out at Wisco Grant. I, we need to start that discourse. I mean, if, if I'm being honest, I, if I was and I had a chance to hit a home run, I would hit a home run. Yeah, but, you know, you and me, you we, know. You know, we're just slaps. We're just run of the mill. We're not. We're not professional athletes. You have an opportunity to hit a home run all the time. Take it easy on Mike Brasso. Classless, in my opinion. And again, I just started having this opinion like two minutes ago, but now I believe it. It was classless. I mean, it it definitely doesn't show class, but it's that's one thing that's kind of cool about baseball is that there's not really like a run out the clock type of thing. You have as 
a defense, you have to get all your outs. And what what are you supposed to do? Not swing? You know what I mean? There's there's not really like an option like in basketball and football where you could take a knee or dribble out the possession. You know what I mean? It's, you have it's, to, it's unwritten to the very end. and it's unspoken, Daniel. There There's an unwritten rule book to this game. And normally I think it's really dumb. But in this instance, my team was harmed. So now I want to pull out the unwritten rule book. You don't do that. Tony La Russa, Tony La Russa, the patron saint of St. Louis, talked about this like two years ago with the White Sox. What would Tony do? He would not do what the Cardinals did last night, that's for sure. I do have a question for you. Yes. Uh, what is your opinion on Mr. Varland? Uh, well, he got he got DFA'd today, didn't he? So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. But I, I think Brewers relievers this year are a lot like NBA coaches. I don't think any of them are great other than Devin Williams. They're all fine. And if you keep them rested, if you keep Pete Strzelecki rested and Gus Farland rested and you don't put them in, in tough situations, you'll be fine. But if you ask them to do too much and work too hard, then they're not really that great. Does that make sense? Yes. Because uh, Farland was the one that had the the fantastic spring, right? Yes, he did. And that's why he made with, the team. With the, the help of uh, his tutor, Matt Bush. Yeah, Matt Bush here. <laughs> why would you ever, ever take any advice from that guy? We'll use that's his throwing just... partner. <laughs> was, was it like a, a book, How to Give Up Eighth Inning Two-Run Home Run? Well, yeah. Uh, Matt Bush is... This is the thing about the Brewers bullpen, and I guarantee Craig Council will tell you the same thing. It's about keeping them fresh and putting them in positions to succeed. This Brewers bullpen is not going to be a bullpen that gets this team out of jams and comes in with the bases loaded and gets you out of really tough spots. Like, if you put this bullpen in a bad position, they're not going to get it done. Just like Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers can coach a team to a title. Bud can. Monty Williams can. But he's very reliant on, on their players. The, those are not coaches that are going to uplift. These relievers aren't going to uplift. They can hold serve. If you put them in good spots, that's the that's the situation with the Brewers. I think. Who would have thought that we'd miss much? What did you say? You cut out there for I, a sec. I, I said, who would have thought that we would have missed Brent Suter so much? I do miss. I do miss Brent Suter. I like he was, that guy. He was a fun guy in the locker room. Like he gave us randomly three innings every couple days. Sometimes he didn't give up any runs. You know, like, yeah. he was like just a good a good guy to have around. And, and when he got shelled, I, you weren't really that mad about it. You're like, ah, oh, but look at him out there. He's having fun. Like, oh, can't really be that mad. And a lot of times, he got shelled in games when they had no business winning anyways, so I, I didn't really care. Yeah. Like, for instance, they would have pitched Brent Suter last night. You know, and I wouldn't have cared. I would have been like, hey, look, he looks kind of funny on the mound and he he pitches in every two seconds. I don't know. Now everyone pitches that fast. So I guess the appeal I is know. gone. I got to take a break because I got to get to David Gasper before too long. Daniel, thank you for calling in and commiserating about last night with me. Of course. No problem. Have a good one. Daniel and Madison, our good, good friend who listens to us on uh, The Zone. W-O-Z-N. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. Talk a little bit more about the Brewers, a little bit more about basketball, get to the rest of these texts, and then we'll close the show. A nice long conversation with our friend David Gasper coming up. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Disco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I am just having an outstanding night. Get to go home and watch the lottery reveal so we know which team's going to be able to draft Victor Wembenyama. Western Conference Finals start tonight. It's a beautiful evening. I think I'm going to go for a run for the second night in a row because it's so nice out. And the flooding has gone down in lacrosse, so now I can go run around by the river uh, without getting my feet wet. Go home, watch some basketball, maybe play some video games. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm looking forward to a great night, a fantastic night. Hope you are as well. Brewers, notice I didn't mention the Brewers. <laughs> Shoot. The Brewers, look, I love the Brewers. You know this about me. I love talking about the Brewers. I love being a Brewers degenerate. I love watching in the sixth inning of a game that no one cares about just to hear Rock say, you know, one dumb thing or another. But I've struggled a little bit with the Brewers, at least when the NBA playoffs have been going on, because I would just rather watch playoff basketball. And maybe you'd rather watch playoff hockey. Maybe you'd rather watch... Like, we got golf coming up this weekend, which, by the way, golf nerds, you don't normally come to the show for golf content, but on either Thursday or Friday, going to have an awesome guest on to talk about the PGA Championship. One of my best buddies from high school works at Oak Hill in Rochester, where the course is. He texted me today. He was on a green with Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantlay. He talked with Rory McIlroy today. He said someone was mad because somebody's golf bag got wet with either a sprinkler or a hose, which I think is funny. So at some point this week, we're going to talk to him. He works on the grounds right? Landscaping and shaping the course. And I just think that's a fascinating job. So we'll talk about the golf and preview the event hundred percent, but I just kind of want to talk to him about like, what is life like working at a high level course where you have to like level off the green and make sure the grass is exactly this long. And you've known that the PGA championship is going to be at the course. I'm assuming for a long time. When did prep start? What do you talk about in meetings? What's the schedule like? Fascinated. Can't wait to have him on later this week. So that's either Thursday or Friday. So we'll have a little bit of golf content. In any event, the Brewers a little bit, just a little bit, feels like they're getting left out in the rain just a tiny bit because I feel myself drawn towards the NBA playoffs or maybe towards golf. Now that I'm having a guest on to talk about the course, I feel like I'll actually need to watch the event this weekend. Oak Hill in upstate New York. Uh, Also, a take that I have really just started to believe within the last 15 minutes. I think there should be more outrage directed towards the Cardinals for running up the score against a position player. I just think that's classless because it was my position player. (laughs) I just feel like the last couple of years, anytime this has happened, we've had outrage from Tony La Russa or, you know, whatever old heads in baseball media. Where's an old head? Well, why Tony La Russa speak out. Some, someone get Tony LaRusso on camera. Get him to issue a statement about this. Classless. From a traditionally you know, classy organization, which is the saddest part. You know, I expect this from the, you know, from the Chicago Cubs of the world, the lovable losers of the world. I don't expect this from the gold standard of baseball, the best fans in baseball. Outrage. I want more outrage. Coming up in a few, speaking of outrage, speaking of baseball, we're going to talk with David Gasper. Reviewing the brew. I'm going to play you our conversation from earlier today. It's a doozy. It's one of the best conversations that I've had with David Gasper in a while. We get a little uh, little talk about Yelich, a little talk about the starting rotation, talk about some players who are over or underperforming. Awesome conversation on the Brewers coming up next with David Gasper on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Disco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you. A lot of good discussion tonight about NBA coaching searches, especially the Bucks. A little bit on the Brewers as well. I went kind of Brewers light because I knew we had a long and enriching conversation about the Brewers to listen to with our friend David Gasper. He writes for Reviewing the Brew, put out a good piece on Yelich earlier this week, contextualizing some of the numbers in the last week or so, or, or, or the month of May, right? Whatever time frame you want to look at with Yelich and his recent success. You can go check that out. He's on Twitter, at DGasper24. He is beyond generous with his time. He often reaches out to me every once in a while. Hey, do you need a Brewers guest? I'm free. I don't have much going on. Oh, Gasper, I'd love to, I'd love to chat. Sometimes I feel bad asking. I shouldn't because Gasper loves coming on. It's the reason we love him. Here's my conversation from earlier today. Enjoy. David Gasper is here, our guy from Reviewing the Brew, a good friend of show, good, good, great friend of show. Uh, Gasper, I got to start with the big topic of the day. I did talk to our friend Ed uh, on mm-hmm. Monday, yesterday, and he said that you have the biceps the size of softballs. Is this true? <laughs> because if this is true, this is big news. They're, they're getting there, man. Oh. They're getting there. We're working on How it. How much are you curling? Oh my! I give give you a dumbbell right now. You had to do ten with each arm. What could you do? Um, the the way we've been setting them up, it's like you know, both hands on like like curling like one one dumbbell at a time with both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm doing about sixty fives uh, currently. Probably could do seventies if I wanted to. Jesus, you and I drop it down to fifty five, and then Good. going on down, just right in a row, boom, boom, boom. So you and Ed spot each other. How did you and Ed first? I thought he was our age. And I don't know how old he is, but he sounds much older. So, what's the origin story yeah. between you two? Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to tell you his age. You're going to have to find that out for yourself. Um, so, I was just at the gym, just you know, starting to just getting my my routine going, just kind of doing doing my own thing, and and he was doing his. Then he saw me doing uh, whatever lift, and then he like came over. He's like, "Hey, can I, you know?" Like just wanted to like talk and like give me some tips on on the lift I was doing, oh. uh, so we just kind of started getting to talking. He's giving me some advice. Like actually, if you do it like this, you'll end up getting more work done on the triceps or whatever it was. And, and we just kind of kept on talking from there. I'm just like, look, this dude is absolutely jacked and he's friendly and Ed's you know, pretty cut. All right, it, it, yeah. It, if he's like, I trust the 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 advice that he's going to be giving me. So, yeah, ever since then, we've just kind of been uh, working out most of the time together. You know, a lot of people would hate that. A lot of a lot of men would hate another man yeah. coming up to them at the gym and giving them advice. I can tell you what, it's actually a dream of mine. I wish people would do that to me because I most of the time I'm at the gym, I'm like, I think this is how you do this lift. I'm pretty sure this is yeah. how you do this. I'm not 100% sure, but if someone like an Ed, I wish I had an Ed, would come up to me yeah. and say, actually, do it this way. Hello, my name is... Ed, nice to meet you. If you ever have any questions, please let me know. I do have questions. I'm not a weightlifter, but I don't want to be yeah. a twig. Look at me. You should come down to Madison, and you can work out with Ed and I, and we can answer your questions. God, we, we can get you going, man. We can get your biceps going. I told Ed we need to, at some point, uh, make a show video with the three of us at the gym. So, at the very least, I need to do that for content. Uh, not yeah. Physical yeah, health is, is important. I'm totally after physical health, but mostly after content. Uh, if we're being if we're being honest, I'm glad now. OK, I'm in the loop with you and Ed uh, and I do need to figure out how old this guy is for a few minutes. Let's just pretend like last night didn't happen. The Brewers lost by 17 runs. Whatever. I- ignore it. Yelich yeah. looked great this weekend. He's pulling the ball again. Some are saying he's back. I, I'm, I said he's back yesterday. I'm not sure if I really believe it. What did you think of the Yelich weekend and all the power and the home runs and just everything? 
Yeah, he certainly looked like he was back. Uh, that that was that, that was some stuff that we haven't seen from him in a while. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard in the air, high launch angles on those home runs too. Uh, the swagger seemed to come back mm. with, with the home run on Sunday. The the bat drop on that it, it looked like the the yellow chivalry running around the bases, stealing second, ended up going to third, and then going home on the same play. I know it's the Royals and they made multiple errors, but. Still, that's it, stuff you haven't really seen from Yelich over the past couple of years. Can, can I just, on the Royals, a lot of people poo-pooed on yesterday's show and on Sunday. They're like, oh, it's against the Royals. Man, we got swept by the Rockies last week, okay? This is baseball, yeah. David Gasper. It's so random. I don't care who it came against. Yeah. And, you know, he overall is looking better. I'm just looking at the numbers, his launch angle across the board. Just the whole month of May, really, he's been looking a whole lot better. Uh, you know, just hitting the ball in the air, not quite on the ground as much, doing more damage. Uh, the, you know, this has been you know an extended period for about two weeks or so that, that we've really seen this. He his batting average has jumped up into the two sixty range. You know, previously he's been around you know two forty, two fifty marks. You know, he, he's still not quite at his previous highs of of three twenty nine, but he's working his way up there. And if he continues this climb and he starts pushing. 280 or so with the batting average and the slugging percentage gets back up. Cause I know everyone kind of poo-poos on the, on the batting average as well. I would never, not me. Yeah. I, I wasn't laughing at the batting average. If you're, if you're pointing, I was saying that like, how far have we come in 10 years? We're like, man, if he gets to 280, then we can really have a discussion. Like I'm, we're not even that old. And I remember when Ryan Braun was hitting 320 come September, you know, it's just, it's been yeah. a wild progression for batting average over the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, pitching has, has just changed across the board. Pitching is, is is not, I don't know how any of these guys hit anything. The, the way these guys are shaping their pitches and how uh, far advanced analytically and, and scouting report-wise that the pitchers are able to be nowadays, you know, there, there's not much advantages for, for hitters anymore. The, how hard these guys are throwing, how much stuff is moving, and the scouting reports, the tendencies that they know on these hitters. And you know, the hitters can know all they want about the pitchers, but it's still a, a split-second reaction time to seeing a pitch. I mean, no, nothing's going to change that. So, you know, hitting has gotten a lot harder in recent years, and that, that's just kind of the, the way the game has been going. Yeah, that's fine. I still like batting average. I'm a renaissance man like that. I know you are as well. I figure our friend Ed, you know, still appreciates a, a good batting average drop oh, as yeah. well. Again, I don't know how old he is, but I, I would uh, I would assume. Also this weekend, talk about nice moments. Uh, both of your boys, Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang. Bryce Terang hit a nuke to center field. That's, yes. I watched that and I said, oh, he knew he got all of that. That felt good for him off the bat. You could just, that was, that was great. Joey Weimer getting the game-winning sack fly. With all the injuries, I think the Brewers are, are probably a little bummed that Weimer and Terang are, are being asked to do this much. Probably not ideal. They were up the first week of the season, but they probably didn't. They probably didn't want to put them in this position to play almost every day and to be expected to produce if the team's going to win. They're going to have struggles, but every once in a while you can get a, a great home run like Terang had or a, a game-winning sack fly where Weimer had the fist bump right after he knew he, he made the play that the team needed. If you can just sprinkle in those moments, these guys are coming along, even if they're playing a lot, and, and they've really been thrown right into the fire. Yeah, they, they have been, and this was not what the Brewers were, were anticipating. It wasn't what their initial plan was. Uh, but, I mean, these guys have been great defensively, both of them. So, you know, they're, that, that is enough to, to keep them in the lineup for sure, to just keep them going through uh, their struggles. And, and Weimer on that sack fly, 
you know, Council even was talking about post games. Like, that was a swing. Just put the ball in play. Just get it out there. You're not trying to be too much of a hero hitting a home run or trying to do whatever else. Just get it. All you need to sack fly. That, that's all he did. He just put it out there, got it to the outfield, and got the job done. And, and that's been that's been huge for him. He's, Weimer's been struggling a bit offensively, but showing some signs of, of getting out of it and figure th- figuring things out. Uh, at the plate, obviously the Garrett Mitchell injury changed, uh, you know, Weimer's playing time. They're hoping to play him a little bit less, you know, with Tyrone Taylor coming back, still having Mitchell out there in the center field to kind of rotate him through. But now Weimer has to be your everyday center fielder and, until Sal Freelich gets himself healthy. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going through it. And if he's able to, to figure things out, get himself up to, to hitting 240 or so and just doing damage, hitting bombs, yeah, that's that's all you need out of them. We get we get Yelich up to 280. We get the other guys up to 240. We're really setting our sights high. I just love baseball in, oh, in yeah. 2023. It's it's just cool, you know. And we're young sports fans, young relatively. We're both in our mid 20s, and it's crazy that even we can look back 10 years ago in baseball when I very much remember when I was in middle school or high school, and I remember the numbers because there were contending Brewers teams. So I'm paying attention to bronze batting average for the purposes of an MVP or a batting title, and it's. It is crazy how much the sport has changed. Let's talk about last night. Freddie Peralta was not great. And not every starting pitcher is going to be great every night. I'm not even here to rip Freddie Peralta. It's just last night reminded me that if Freddie Peralta isn't awesome, like he has been, or if Wade Miley comes back down to earth even a little, like this starting rotation is not super deep without Woodruff out there. And it's, it's not as good as you would hope because Corbin Burns really hasn't peaked and, and he's not really pitching as well as he can yet. Like, I'm not dumbing on the Brewers starting rotation. That's not what I'm doing. But, you know, I, they're maybe closer to, I don't want to say they're closer to bad than they are to good. But, man, like, for, for a starting rotation that we've gotten used to being really good, they're not do you get what I'm trying to say? I like yeah, they've gotten some great, great, great performances good, yeah. early. If those guys come back down to earth a little bit, I don't know that this starting rotation is dominant the way that it's been the last few years. Let me put it that way. Yeah, and then that's where injuries really start to show up. And you know, it's not just Woodruff. Aaron Ashby was supposed to be a part of this rotation and bring a whole lot there. He's out for pretty much the entire year. I own a lot um, of Ashby stock. You don't need to remind me about Ashby. I have a lot of Aaron Ashby stock. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's Jason Alexander. I mean, he's he's depth. He's not great depth, but I mean, he's also there. And, he's there, and injured. <laughs> but it, it's either Jason Alexander or Colin Ray that you're going to be relying on. Neither of them are, are particularly great options. Uh, and, and then there's Jansen Junk down there in AAA. Oh, you know, he got one starts, and that wasn't super great either. He's putting up good numbers in AAA, which is nice. But you know, how much can you rely on him at the big league so level? So Keston Hira, you know, yeah. That, yeah, that was that, Jason Hira's out with a knee injury. That, that was not to say Keston here should be called up. My point was, you know, a lot of folks can have good numbers in AAA. Yeah, good, good in AAA, not so great in the majors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the Woodruff injury is, is certainly hurting the group. Uh, the Ashby injury is certainly hurting the group. And, yeah, you're relying on Adrian Hauser and, and oh, Eric Flower yeah. and and Wade Miley uh, to really kind of shore up the rotation behind Burns and, and Peralta. And, you know, Peralta more, Peralta's going to have good nights more often than he has bad nights. Sure. Um, he's healthy. So, I mean, yeah, last night was bad, but really, I mean, this season he's been, he's been excellent. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about Freddie. 
you know, last night, not, notwithstanding. But yeah, the rotation does have some questions with with the injuries to to two big guys and Woodruff and Ashby. And I was tripping over my words a little bit. I'm not trying to say that their their starting pitching isn't good, but for years we've said starting pitching will be great. We got lots of arms. Yeah. Like that that's a part of the team we don't have to worry about. I'm not even saying that, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that we should worry, but man, like without Woodruff and if Burns isn't gonna be elite and he's just gonna be pretty good, like I, I don't know. This rotation is is not the elite unit that I think maybe we've just, you know, started to assume that it'll be. I wanna give you a, a magical power, David Gasper. Okay. Okay. I wanna give you a magical wand and you get to wave it to boost one brewer's hitter's stats. Like, I'm going to add some power. I'm going to add some on base. I'm going to add some production. If you think there's one hitter on this team, and you can't say Yelich, if there's one hitter on this team that you would you would love to just get a little bit more from, and you think that would make a huge difference, if only this guy could take it up one notch, who do you think that would be? I'd have to say Jesse Winker at this point. He's been off to, to a very slow start. That This isn't what, you know, everyone was expecting. He's supposed to have this great big bounce-back year. Uh, this year, you know, he's, he's been an excellent hitter, a well above average hitter, pretty much his entire career. Getting back into the NL Central and in a familiar division should have been, you know, bringing him a, lot, a whole lot more. But still, no home runs yet. Uh, his, his offensive stats are, are still pretty down, uh, below average hitter, and he needs to to be able to get going. I mean, he's at pretty much 100 at bats uh, into the season. And just hasn't really found it uh, at the plate. So if they can get Winker going in, in that DH spot, because the DH spot has been a, a tough one for the Brewers this year. If they can get him going, you know, with, with the power, with with getting on base, especially since he's primarily hitting in the two spot in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, they need to get him going. Wow. So if I could boost anyone there, it'd be Jesse Winker. If there's a silver lining, the Brewers have learned to do without any production out of the two hole the last few years before moving Yelich to leadoff. So that's experience that they have. I'm not trying to slander Willie Adams. I'm I'm generally interested in your assessment of how he's played so far because I he'll have these two or three game stretches where he he gets it right. It's like a you know, c- mm-hmm. couple homers th- those come in bunches and a sack fly. Like a lot of times if. If Adamas can hit a single or a double and, and get a sack fly in the air, he seems to do a really good job turning that into power, right? If he can find a little production, by the way, a base hits or moving runners on, he can parlay that into, into power really well. It just seems like Willie Adamas goes 0 for 3, 0 for 4 more often than he has great games, at least so far this year. What do you think of the way Willie's played? Yeah, that's that's the frustrating part with Willie. It seems like he's starting to sell out for more power. A little bit, uh, you know, he had the 31 homers last year. You know, how much of it was just his, his power naturally developing, and how much of it was was him selling out? I mean, he dropped his batting average down to down to 238 last year. His on base percentage dropped below 300 uh, for the first time in his career. He, he's only hitting 213 this year, so you know he he isn't quite able to to you know he's not hitting for the higher averages that he was doing before. I'd like to see him back in that 250 260. 270 range that he was previously uh, with the Rays. And, you know, he hit 285 when he came over in, in 2021 for the rest of the year with the Brewers. I'd, I'd like to see that more from Willie, where, you know, if he hits 285 with 20 homers rather than 235 with 30 homers. The W. So yeah. I'd rather he not sell out for the little bit extra power and, and just be getting on base more 
that's what I'd like to to see from him. But but it seems like he's just selling out for for the big power numbers, and he's got the most home runs of any shortstop in baseball since coming over to the Brewers. Yeah. So you know it, it, it's worked for him in terms of getting the home runs, but he's seen the kind of his his other numbers, his on base numbers, and everything tick downwards. And I just like to see him become a more all around uh, solid guy, like just solid power. From, from the shortstop spot, just 20 homers, 20, 25 is, is perfectly fine for Willie Adamas if he's hitting, you know, and just hit 250 to 280-ish. You know, uh, it's really funny to bring this up because I'm reminded of when I went to Brewer Spring Training uh, this spring. If I if I never told you, I went to Brewer Spring Training, if I brought oh, yeah. that up in the last hour. And I went to spring training with a list of questions like, okay, if I have a chance to bump into this player, what would I ask? You know, just to make sure I wasn't caught without. And what I would have asked Willie Adamas at the World, World Baseball Classic not been going on is you had a career year in power last year. What's the next step for you? Is it to further hone your power? Do you want to find more power? Do you want to continue leaning into that? Or now are, are you focusing on other parts of your game? So I've, I've got the power. Now I want to add, you know, these other parts. I obviously never got to ask him that because he's at the World Baseball Classic, but it's funny you bring it up. Right. I also wanted to ask Brandon Woodruff something, but I came face-to-face with Brandon Woodruff and then got scared. He he was oh. next to Corbin Burns, and I think that's what did it. It's like you don't you don't want to ask a girl to prom when she's surrounded by her friends. You need to, you need to get him alone. <laughs> and I, I think that also applies in the locker room. I... I Brandon Woodruff's a big guy. He's intimidating, but like when he was with Burns, and I, I like I, I think Freddie was floating around too. I can't. That's a group. That, I can't that's approach. too much star power in the rotation for you to, to you for you just approach, right? If you would have been weightlifting with a bunch of big strong friends, I doubt Ed would have approached you at the gym to to really tie this conversation full circle. It was that you were by yourself, and that's why he felt yeah. comfortable. So I sympathize. Yeah. With yeah, absolutely. Well, this was lovely, Gasper. I appreciate you. Nice story on Yelich this week at Reviewing the Brew. Everybody read him on Twitter, at DGasper24. Thank you, Gasper, for the time. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you. we got to get you down to Madison. We'll get you in the gym with that, and, and we'll get you going. I love that. Yeah, get, get, those, get those biceps looking like softballs. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, got a couple minutes left. If you want to talk Brewers, talk playoffs, the draft lottery is tonight. So we're going to figure out which team gets which lottery pick. Remember, lottery's top 14. So we'll know... The order of the top 14, and I think we know, let's see, the order of then the next 26 pick, right? We won't know the the final four in the round because obviously the playoffs aren't done, but at least we'll know the lottery odds. Talk a little coaching search today, Bucks coaching, and then the Sixers, they fired Embiid today, so they're going to need a coach now too. Suns need a coach. I think the Bucks are the most attractive of the three. Is that a homer pick? I said that. Who did I Who did I say that to earlier in the show? I think Cone called because Cone's in Phoenix. He's a little bit of a Suns guy. And I think the Bucks of those three teams, the Bucks still have more of a roster than the Suns do. The Suns really have Booker and Durant and what's left of Chris Paul. That's about it. The Bucks have some question marks with Brooke and Chris. I think they're going to bring Brooke back. I don't know about Chris Middleton, but you got Giannis and 
know, the rest of the roster that's been here. And Giannis is the most sturdy investment in the NBA. If you're investing in a superstar and hitching your wagon to a superstar, I would hitch mine to Giannis before I hitched it to Embiid for reasons that, well, I mean, Embiid hasn't got out of the conference finals yet, and things fell pretty nicely for the Sixers this year. Played really well in the second half. Really, the final two-thirds of the season, the Sixers were the best team. They had the best record in basketball, really, from Christmas on. And they can't even get out of the conference finals. I'm not buying into the Sixers. I'm not buying into the Suns. If I'm a coach, I'm buying into the Bucks. I think the Bucks hire Monty Williams. My only hesitation is if somehow Ty Lue becomes available. Because there's a lot of interest there. Reported. And uh, unreported, yeah, your boy, yeah, I'm, I'm out there. I'm asking questions. I'm reaching out to people. Becky Hammond, somebody asked about her earlier in the show. The WNBA, I'm reading an ESPN headline, has rescinded the Las Vegas Aces' first-round pick in 2025 and suspended coach Becky Hammond for two games without pay. This comes after an investigation that found the franchise violated league rules and policies. This is so weird to me, right? If you get your first-round pick taken away, it seems like punishment enough. Are they like, well, we also got to suspend her two games? Like, Deflategate was bad, right? The the Patriots got docked picks, and then Brady got suspended, what was it, four games? That's significant. That's a lot. Two games in a basketball season? It's weird because the 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 removal of the first-round pick and the suspension, they don't add up. Losing a first-round pick is massive. Two-game suspension, even without pay, that's that's nothing. There's nothing to that. So my, uh, my coaching catalog, if I had to have one right now, of who I wanted, look, I always want to swing big. The problem is the Bucks really can't risk it on an unproven coach, a young coach, because their core is experienced. And this core has won. Middleton's got a ring. Brooke Lopez has a ring. Giannis has a ring. They're not going to put up with growing pains and, you know, and struggles from a young coach as they try to figure it out. It's not going to work. So they need someone with a certain amount of experience, but all the guys who were experienced have also failed. Monty, Doc. Now, Kenny Atkinson intrigues me a lot. Uh, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of hot and heavy interest there. He was interviewed, I think. I think they spoke to him. I could be wrong. Maybe that's just something we were trying to speak into existence. But it seems like the hot and heavy interest is with Monty Williams. Unless Ty Lue comes available. The Ty Lue thing is so interesting to me. Sorry, I had to mute myself to clear my throat for a sec. The Ty Lue thing is so interesting to me because the Suns are super interested. The Bucks seemingly are super interested from what I've seen publicly and from what I've heard. But the, there's no way to get him. He's under contract unless something's about to come to a head in Los Angeles. And if that's the case, why hasn't it happened yet? The Clippers have been eliminated for a couple of weeks now. It's very bizarre. Plus, we're not really used to talking about NBA you know, hiring cycles, at least like we are with the NFL. We're hiring and firing NFL coaches all the time. You go pick a good offensive coordinator, good defensive coordinator. Those hires tend to make themselves. NBA is a little different. There's just not a lot of great coaches. So there's certainly not a lot of great coaching candidates. And when you want to hire a coach is when your team is young. So your, your coach can grow with your team. Bucks are not in that situation, which makes their situation tough. But I, I, I don't think they're going to hire a coach. Like, there's things I don't love about Monty Williams. Monty Williams isn't going to weigh the team down. Doc Rivers wouldn't weigh the team down. They're just not going to do much to uplift the team. And that was part of the problem with Bud. But if you can get a, a coach that at least brings some different things to the table, let's get a coach that's, you know, 
Western Wisconsin sports leader, WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 580 AM.